Hey everyone, welcome to the Basically Bookish podcast. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. And we're going to be chatting all things bookish. This is episode 32 of the Basically Bookish podcast. And today we are going to be chatting about character pet peeves. Um, (laughs) We both have a lot of them. Like a lot. (laughs) A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I think everybody does. So I don't feel like we're going to be alone. No, we may have different ones, but everyone has a character pet peeve or, you know, 20. Okay, give me your first one. Let's just dive in. I mean, I feel like just the first one that always pops into my head is the eccentric elderly folk characters. <laughs> it's always, I just, I like, there There are charming elderly characters and they're done well. I love them. But when they take them to this really weird kooky place that I'm like, I know a lot of older people and I can't imagine any of them doing anything yeah when they go to the over the top place that's not like adorable it's like weird yeah so overly eccentric ones they can be slightly eccentric and like in a charming way and it can work but it's when you have like old people diving over the sides of buildings to like sneak on (laughs) and like stalk someone that i start to question what's happening Okay, mine's pretty boring compared to that, but I started off pretty mundane and then I got a little bit more specific. So lying. I just hate lying characters. It's such a pet peeve when like the heroine or the hero lies for whatever reason. It never ends up well. I know the author's at it for conflict. I know it's part of the story, but I just hate it so much. I mean, especially when there's an obvious choice of like not to tell the lie and things could maybe be a little difficult for you, but like, even I think it's worse when they tell just like the silly lies that they don't have to. Like if they're like, Oh, do you like coffee? And they're like, yeah. Like if they're on a date or something and then they're stuck drinking coffee and they're like, she actually hated coffee. And I just, I'm like, Mm, you don't have to do that no reason for it no so i i just can't handle the lies little white lies or big whoppers i don't like them yeah i really hate when they quote unquote lie to protect the other person like and then it ends up just blowing up in their face yeah i'm like try protecting yourself because most of the time it's self-serving as well yeah i i'm with you on that like, I can take some a little bit more than you, but yeah, it definitely can be. It, yeah, it takes me to a bad place, the lying. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to decide which ones I want to like. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had that one on my list, too. So um, I feel like the, like, spiteful, hateful heroine Oof. that's just, like, she is mad about something and she's just like always like really mean and we're supposed to like her yeah I don't get it I think it's a hard place to be like when you set the heroine up for such a journey of growth shall we say if we're saying it kindly (laughs) that you make it hard for us to appreciate her growth because we kind of just hate her yeah especially like 
when they start off so bad and then if they don't do the growth well and then it's just we're supposed to snap our fingers and like her because she had like one come to Jesus moment and it's like "Mm, you did a lot of stuff before that that I'm gonna have to like still work through I'm real weird about that too because I think sometimes they feel as if revealing some kind of childhood you know I don't want to say trauma but sometimes trauma sometimes like a bad relationship with a parent like they almost sometimes feel like if they reveal that it is justification for them being able to be mean or hateful or un, you know untrusting of everyone to the point of like combative behavior all the time like I just I don't know it's a tough yeah. spot because I'm like I think you have to balance it really well and sometimes they don't other because you're not going to like someone if they're incessantly mean for the entirety of the book and then they they have like an emotional breakdown and then we're supposed to like them well you took yeah. us on this roller coaster and made us hate them and so yeah. we have to like get over that and it's not just a magic like clap. and like sometimes like when you get the backstory sometimes I'll find a little bit of like okay well maybe I can see but like especially when they wait too long to reveal that yeah like because like okay if you find that out early and then they start to work through it really quickly not really quickly but like in the earlier process of the book then I'm like more inclined to be like okay but it's like when you're like halfway through the book they're still being mean some reason the hero's like obsessed with them and I'm like run the other yeah you should never be like why on earth does he like her I also feel like for me it flows a little bit better I don't know about you if sometimes when they do like flashbacks shall we say to specific situations that demonstrate a circumstance that maybe shows why the character is the way that they are. I identify with that a little bit better than you just telling me like, oh, they had a bad relationship with their, their parents were divorced and now they don't trust anyone. Like if it takes you back to a specific scene from their childhood where they're waiting at the window for their dad to show up to take them to Disneyland and he does not come. That connects you a little bit more to the character than just saying repetitively her father wouldn't show up for her. Well, that it's terrible. It's, you know, like that sounds awful, but it is in a book because you're not connected to them emotionally yet. It's a bit of an eye roll. Um, Whereas if you see the little girl sitting in front of the window dressed to go to Disneyland and she's waiting and he doesn't come, you feel that. And so I think that there's a good way to do the heroine who has passed and struggles because of it. I just think it's hard to balance the spitefulness. And like you said, if it goes too long, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) My next one is self-sacrificial martyrs. I have that one too. (laughs) I cannot deal. They're not my favorite, shall I say. I I just... It's like when you get to the point where you're like throwing yourself on the train tracks to save your family. I mean, it's not that dramatic, but. You're going to marry someone that you don't love just to save. Yeah, I feel like I just want to be the person in the room that's smarter than the situation to figure out a way that you don't have to make this. And sometimes they don't even try. They don't. They're just like, well, we have to do this. And it's like, 
Yeah. Um, did you explore any other options? Yeah. There's a lot of them, I'm sure. Just blind obedience to your circumstance, whatever it may be, because it might be expected or you feel that's the one that's worse. You feel like it's expected. You don't even yeah. ask. And then the <laughs> parents are like, expected. we would have never made you marry someone out of duty and not love. And they're like, well, crap, I should have asked. No, I can't. <laughs> no, no, I, no. It's just so illogical. And like, I get it as a, like, you're trying to create a circumstance, but it's just like, there's very few circumstances that it's like legitimately believable and all, that like uh-huh. there's no other option, but there yeah. always is because they work it out in the end. So like, maybe you should have just thought for a few minutes before you just like went and fell on the sword. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's always, I mean, I know that we're saying this and like, obviously you won't have the conflict in the book. So like, don't really come at us for this, but. Yeah. And there's exceptions to every one of these. Yeah. People can do some of these things well, and we don't hate them. So right. it's just, fine. They and there are pet peeves. There are pet peeves. So what's your next um, one? <laughs> I feel like you're gonna have this one too. You may not have written it down, but um daydreamers. I also wrote <gasps> slash twirlers. Oh my gosh, I totally didn't, but this is totally one of them. <laughs> I was oh. like, Ashley's gonna for sure have this. You've oh, got the twirlers, I've got the daydreaming dancers. <laughs> I can't, I mean, I didn't write it down, but in my head, like, that's what I think of about the daydreamers. You're so right. Yeah. Like you just like, I feel like, especially for the two of us, we're such like realists and we like, we don't sit there, have fanciful notions in our head ever. So when it's in the book and you're just like, when the character like legitimately does not realize what's going on around her because she's like off in la la land and you're Mm -hmm. like, what the heck child like yeah how did you miss this happening right in front of your face I even hate it when they're like yeah I even hate it when it's so simple of like someone speaking to them and they're so off in their own thoughts that they're like Abby Abby are you listening are you in a and they're like oh she was so caught up in her thoughts and I'm like I just am not like that in life so I I don't identify your ears stop working when you're yeah I'm like, I realize that, I, you know, probably that this happens in life because there are daydreamers. But to me, I'm like always trying to be so hyper aware of everything going on. So I don't like screw something up or miss something that I'm like, how do you not understand when someone's talking to you? You're just daydreaming through a conversation. Ooh. So much now. Or the twirling or the dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like we both have like our extreme circumstances of it when it happened yeah. like is our go-to thought process when you say daydreamy character yeah I'm not with the daydreams it's not not cool um my next one I labeled it the emotional crash and dash <laughs> it's basically the emotional upheaval the conflict and then the running away I can't with like the hundred meter dash after you find out something that you don't like or something happened or sometimes they don't even have a confrontation. They just see something that's not explained and they're like sprinting off. And I'm like, just stay, ask a question. And on uh, like attached to that is when 
a character doesn't let someone explain. They're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And then later get mad because they don't have the yes. information. You and didn't like, tell me. He tried to freaking tell you. And you said no. Yeah. I, I can't with that too. Because it's like, how much more ignorant would you like to be of the situation? Because the running away is bad enough. Or like when, when you know something's wrong, but they're like, don't, don't speak of it. Yeah. Please speak no, of it. Speak Let's of talk it. about it. And if I need to, yeah, knock, knock you around a little bit with my words, I will. It never yeah. happens, though. <laughs> the emotional <laughs> crash and dash is a really great description for that. <laughs> I, I, have, I had to come up with something better than running away. Yeah, I mean, we're calling it that now. Like, yeah. that's be... okay. My next one is when they have a soapbox. Oof. Like a like political so or a yeah feminist or any kind of yeah. yeah I just I'm like it's like it's one of those things where like you can tell it's the author's soapbox and they make the character yeah. put up on it and it's just like we don't like we're not here for that like this isn't a book to like change our political opinions or our views on x y or z like, not the books we read shall we say yeah. it's like why why are we getting on this soapbox about any anything under the sun? I feel like most of the time too, a lot of it seems almost out of place in the book because it's not organic to what's going on in the situation because it is kind of that whole soapbox thing. You can almost feel like it's written into the story just to, for it to be there. I feel like we've seen a lot of that in the last year with yeah. different, you know, different things that I won't mention, but like, <laughs> I would, I, I would love for things to be put in there organically. And sometimes they're not, if it's just something that the author is really passionate about that they felt like they had to smash into their book. Yeah. Like if it's organic to the character and it's not like she, the person's literally getting up on a chair to like preach their opinion to the masses, then I'm, I'm fine like if you want to have a little spiel about it if it works with the characters like as long as it's not just like over the top you are literally just putting this in here to get your piece in yeah then I, like again there's a, there's like exceptions to each one of these but for the most part if they're on a soapbox I'm rolling my eyes <laughs> okay my next one is um servants like in historicals who are insubordinate mm. I have a real hard time um, with that because it's not like I'm like, no, they should know their place. That's not where this is coming from. I just don't feel like it's historically appropriate for this to be happening as much as I see it happen sometimes in historicals because unfortunately the system was very flawed and there were different levels to society and you just didn't cross them easily. And so insubordination would just lead to you being fired. They wouldn't think that you were, you know, I don't yeah. know. It's like the, the servant becomes the moral compass of the book in their opinion at that point when they speak out of turn and like put someone down. It's just, it takes me out of the scene and out of the setting, I guess, more than anything. Yeah, it's just not historically accurate it happened like, yeah, there were, I'm sure care like servants who but then 
Yeah. I'm like, it happened recently in a book that we both read and it was something that we both were instantly like, oh no, 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 no. This is crazy. And it was to such a degree of like, what were the words that were used? Shame, shame on you. And I was like, no, I get like maybe speaking out of place and giving your opinion because even that would have been probably not acceptable. But like to say the word shame on you, it was a little much. Like you need to probably not be, I don't know, maybe at least not a lady's maid. Maybe, <laughs> maybe go down to the kitchen area and just work with the food. I guess, yeah. Like you could just verbally berate your coworkers. I don't know. It's just not my thing. Yeah, no. I I didn't think about that one, but you were right. That is very like not not a thing that I want to be dealing with. Um, let's see. My next one I'm gonna do the character that has to like come along, even if it means they're gonna be in danger. You know, like in like a suspense with like the girls just like, I can come too. And I'm going to yeah. like, we could call it, it the ride along. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I read one recently where it was like, there is literally no reason for you to be here. And actually it ended up the person like almost died and the other person almost died having to save yeah. them. And I was like, you could have just stayed home and we would all been fine. Yeah. So like when they're just like insisting that they have to go along because they need to see this through and it's like, or you could just wait till they get the bad guy and bring him back and then you can see him. See I it hate it too in suspense books because I feel like it happens most often in suspense books where they insist on coming and being in some capacity part of the investigation when in all actuality, that would probably never be allowed in real life. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I mean, a lot of these situations they end up in are dangerous. So it goes to, to show like, there's a reason that you don't just take these random people on your, your ride along. It's kind of nonsense. Not safe. Not safe at all. Okay. This kind of goes along with that. My next one is characters who are oblivious to danger. They just have no clue. Like, <laughs> The person who I've used this example before has been being like, um, you know, maybe they have like bodyguard or like patrols, like following them to keep them safe. And then they get home and there's a tree branch in front of their garage door in the dark on a stormy night. And the instinct is to get out of the car and move it yourself. How are you not seeing this suspiciously? I feel like if I'm in this place where I'm being hunted, I, everything's suspicious. You yeah. brought me a cheeseburger? Why? <laughs> it's dark outside. Why is it dark? <laughs> I heard a noise. It's probably the killer. Like everything. But they just seem oblivious to danger or like the people that like go back into a house when you know that there's been a crime there because they just have to see for themselves. I mean, it's just, you can just see they're or, being set up for nonsense. And it's like, do you not have a brain? Yeah. Or when they like get mad because of the protection, like they don't feel yeah. like they need the protection. <laughs> and you're like, um, you realize you just almost got shot. Like maybe yeah. like, oh, they were surely not aiming for me. Not Multiple me. attempts on your life, but go home and sleep by yourself at your home home. Like it's good. 
<laughs> like how dare someone try to keep you safe and then I'm like the law enforcement that has to jump through hoops of fire trying to save you because you insisted on sleeping at your house yes. ridiculous oh, oh so man um okay the um hero or heroine that is just obnoxiously focused on looks oh you had like, one of these recently where like that's when you, they say anything about the character it's all about how they look and it's like but what about their personality like i don't think we can be in love with someone just because they have a pretty face i think in those situations most of the time they focus on the looks because they have no personality it's not wrong like Especially the one book that I'm, yeah, the one that I'm thinking of that you had mentioned to me that was this example, I think very much the case. The, yeah, the, the hero girl. had little to no personality and what he did have wasn't likable. So, I mean, I guess I'm glad he had abs and biceps because what else did he have? I mean, his face was nice apparently too. Apparently. Those eyes, yeah. <laughs> all the things, the shallow things. Yeah, it's like when there's no substance to it. It's like this is gonna fall apart in like a week when you actually have to sit down and realize that this person sucks as a human being. And <laughs> here's funny, the thing, here's the difference too, is like when you write a good character that's memorable to people. Like when I say one of my favorites, Charlie Lionheart, tell me what he looks like. You may not remember. Because it's been a while since you read it. But I guarantee you, you could tell me five things you liked about the character because you remember the character. Yeah. That's the difference. Way, like, more memorable. Yeah. Like, when you give them a little bit of personality or depth or just things about them that are memorable in that way. Like, we don't really care if Charlie had biceps. I have no idea. But I remember that he sacrificed his very life. <laughs> yeah. For the good of someone else. I don't care if he had biceps. Whatever. <laughs> is it my turn? It is your turn. Okay. <laughs> this is a good one. When <laughs> I'm laughing at my own question. Okay. Not question, statement. Characters who place themselves in danger for animals. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I just can't. Here's what I'm going to preface this with. I know that people love their animals. If you are an animal lover, and I have a dog, so like I'm friendly with animals. But when you're placing yourself and therefore law enforcement and or other people in danger to save an animal... And then a chain reaction of events happens because of that, that doesn't just affect you. I just want to bang my head against something. Yeah. No animal is worth a human life. I mean, it's like the people who like swerve off the road to miss a squirrel. No. I feel like in a lot of cases as a driver, I would say that some of that is, is instinct to like, oh, something. But not to like a conscience, like there's a squirrel. Let me swerve. Yeah. There's oncoming traffic and a squirrel. I think I'll head for the traffic. <laughs> yeah. So this is how I feel about that. I just, I'm, I think 
the one example that always comes to mind is I feel like there was some kind of dog in one of the Susan May Warren in the Ravel series during like a hurricane situation in one of the last books. I think you're right. And they were like trapped in that hospital thing. Yeah. Someone goes to like grab the dog. Yeah. And it had, I mean, it, it set up a little bit of a chain reaction to like how the book ended, which I won't spoil. But in that situation, I remember being so frustrated because it was like, you have waited and worked and like had this one chance to like maybe get to safety and like you're going to mess it up for this that's not even like your family pet it wasn't i don't think no i think it was like i think it was somebody else's family pet but yeah i don't remember but i just remember thinking oh my word please stop yeah um okay my next one is the grudge holding for decades (laughs) like so-and-so was mean to me in elementary school and so now I hate all men yeah they're all awful and if that guy tries to speak to me I'm going to like just be more offended than anything in my life and there's no way he could be a different person like 20 years has not passed we are still in grade school and he is going to dip my pigtails in ink like yeah (laughs) Or like the girls that hold a grudge from like when they were in elementary school. And so no one can ever change. So they must still be mean because they were mean to you in school. (laughs) That's the same. I'm like, no, like, and it's usually over something like petty school drama. Like somebody was mean to you in high school and it's like, okay, we're all kind of stupid in high school. Yeah. Like, okay you don't have to be buddy buddy immediately but like maybe see if they've changed in the decades since then yeah I would be like be cautiously optimistic exactly but not just like spew hatred at them the second they appear because of a circumstance that happened in high school or the parents that are like I went to school with their family they're not a good family and you're like you're the family is bad because one person was bad like what we're writing them all off now yeah just all of them they all suck i think you'll like my next one (laughs) precocious children i there's a good way and a bad way to write children into a book and lately it seems like i've been hitting all the bad ones um i don't want the child to take over the romance and with that i mean distract from the romance i guess I don't want the child to be distracting to multiple scenes. And I don't want the child to feel like baggage. I want, if there's a children written into a book, I want them to enhance the scenes. I want them to be there for a reason. And unless the child was part of the package, like on the blurb on the back of the book, I'm like, do you need to be here? (laughs) Yeah. It's also bad when they don't act their age. Oh, it's, they never do. Never do they do this. They're either geniuses at the age of four, (laughs) talking in complete sentences and doing things that are well beyond their years, or they're like tweens who act like four-year-olds. I mean, I'm kind of like, 
I think that everybody should go and like hang out with a group of kids and like watch them. Or maybe the people that they're getting their inspiration from are, I don't know, just like really far and above what my kids are. It's like, and the thing is, a lot of them have kids. And I'm like, were your kids like this? Like, did you have kids that were like other geniuses or the opposite of geniuses? I love the ones that are like baby talking when they're older or the children that are too young to speak the way that they do but they allow that to happen too yeah like it's a four-year-old speaking in like eloquent sentences or the eight-year-old who sounds like they didn't make it to kindergarten and they remember things like from a couple years yeah I'm like you don't remember stuff when you're a kid like that you might remember some things but not like vivid details of like whole events that were insignificant like your mother telling you a story when you were three like they're, they're superhuman kids is all i can say they basically are it's like we're reading x-men or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh okay i mean we kind of touched on this in the soapbox situation but i feel like it needs its own the i can self i don't need no help feminist like obnoxious person who's like literally just like I can do everything I don't need a man I don't need anyone's help and I'm like or maybe you maybe maybe you can but like why not let someone help like I don't get it they're offering help if you have to do it by yourself and you're able to like way to go but like why do you have to make it difficult and get mad when someone wants to help you I feel like to the point of what was that book we read recently? I don't, I guess I shouldn't call it out, but like there was a suspense book, I think it was. And all he was trying to do was like open the door for her. And she was getting very like, I think you just read that one, but you were describing it. She was like, I can get it myself. And he was like, I opened the door because you have a dislocated shoulder. (laughs) And she was like, oh, it's like. Yeah, like it's not even almost a gentlemanly. It's like a human, like <laughs> compassion on a human You're level. Injured, and I'm gonna help you. Yeah, out it was crazy. Yeah, I just can't stand it, and like I instantly dislike the girl or she's like that. My next one is gonna be. I'm gonna have to explain it because it's gonna people are gonna come at me. Grieving <laughs> widows. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't like it when we live in the grief when it's supposed to be a romance that's hard for me because I think if you're going to take a reader to the place of their grief and then try to move past it in the course of a book it's far and few between that can do that really well where we connect with their grief because if it lasts too long then I don't think you can move on to like getting to a place of being romantically involved with someone else. So that's why I say that because if they're really wallowing and it lasts a long time and you really get the reader to connect with that, how are we supposed to accept someone else by the end of the book? So That one to me is like, I'm okay with having a grieving widow in a book or even like having grief be the topic, but I don't want to live there until like 75, 80% of the book and then be expected to have a magical turnaround where we're probably getting a proposal at the end. It's weird. 
that's just completely doesn't work. Yeah. So I'm with you there. Like if it's done well and it's like the proper proportions of the mm-hmm. time and then it's fine. But like when you're spending 75% of the book trying to get over grief and then we're just supposed to snap our fingers and be in love with someone else, like yeah. Not gonna happen. Um so the like whole character that's just like no one could love me because of x y or z where they're like so just like self-loathing yeah like and it's just like something really random like some physical attribute or something from their past and it's like okay yeah there's probably some people that are gonna take issue and not appreciate and not handle it but like the fact that you're just like I'm never going to be in love because I broke my big toe when I was out. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like never say never. It's just obnoxious. That like, is, yeah, really hard to move past a character speaking constantly in absolutes. I always, I never, I will never have this. I will never do that. Um, it's really hard to get on board with that if it like like we're saying if it's continuous it's fine maybe if they say it once and then someone proves them wrong as the book goes along but it's the constancy of that becoming a plot point that it's like oh (laughs) like here we go again like or when they like sabotage the relationship because of it yes when there's no potential problem and they're like i just have to get out of this because it's probably going to be like every time. Yeah. It's like, no, maybe it's not. Self-sabotagers. They're the worst. <laughs> okay. My next one is mama's boys. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking too of like, basically the scenario of like the heroes who sabotage romantic relationships for the good of family and or like their mom doesn't like something or that happens a lot in historicals too um the family like self-sabotaging the mom doesn't like something or wants them to marry someone who's of society but I've seen it in contemporaries as well where the mom has an issue with a family or something and they're like breaking it off and I'm like if you're not going to make a and I'm not saying don't take your family's thoughts into consideration but I would like the character to independently make a decision for themselves because when the character is upset about the decision that they're making and they don't agree but they're going along with what their mom or their family wants that's where you're like really why are we doing this yeah I feel like the one I was actually going to do next is very like in the vein where they're like loyal to a fault where yeah. they like yes will just do because and the, or they'll not see the person's problems because they're loyal to the and it's like it's very much like the family like doing whatever they say because the family says and it's just like can can you have a thought for yourself like or like is it possible that the person you've known could have potentially done something that's not what you expected them to like 
we're gonna like die on the hill that there's no way they could have done that right no Okay, my next one is animals with human characteristics. I know animals aren't people, but they're in books. So I had to add it. I support it. Oh, I support it being on the list, not support it. We were talking about this the other day when we did a live and oh my word. The chickens that act like people and the cows that act like people and the dog cat, cat dog. Cat dogs. It was a cat dog, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a cat that actually. Like I just dogs. don't like people giving animals characteristics that aren't in their nature. Yeah. Fine if you have a superhuman dog who can like rescue people from burning buildings, okay? But like your cat doesn't need to bark. <laughs> it's weird. It doesn't need to like purr quietly while you're at the gun range target practicing. Like that's weird. Yeah. Bring you the knife so that you can loosen your ropes. These are actual <laughs> examples in fiction. I'm not making them up. We're not. These are not just us <laughs> going to ridiculous realms. No. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I'm not an animal person to begin with. And then when you take them to a place of ridiculousness, I'm just out on every level. Yeah. Because I'm like, just no, not, not going to do it. <laughs> oh, okay. The assumption maker. Mm-hmm. I can't when they're just like, because of this, and I'm surely they think this, or they're going to do this. And it's just like, they like plan their whole life around an assumption. Yeah or they'll like disappear because they assume that the person isn't going to be okay with X, Y, or Z. And yeah. so they just like, they're running, they're gone. And it's like, uh, maybe you could talk to him and see what his opinion is on the matter before you just- No, you just gotta do the emotional point. crash and dash. You can't, <laughs> you can't stick around because you nope. assumed yeah. that they would be mad at you. I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? They ask you to leave. And then you leave anyway. So like you've already accomplished what might be the worst thing. I just don't understand. Yeah, it's like you're punished. They're like, they're like, I'm gonna leave before he can hurt me. But you're still hurt <laughs> because you still don't have the guy. But you're not even you're removing the opportunity for there not to be hurt. Is yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And then the guy has to go chase you down, and that makes more work for him. Like he may get mad that he had to chase you down. <laughs> Oh I, I'm out of questions, so you're up. If you've got yeah, only well, I'm trying to like I, some of these I feel like overlapped a little bit. So um, um ooh, when they're like overreacting to everything. Yeah. Like everything is the end of the world, or like just like everything's a much bigger deal than it is, and you're like. Or you could calm down and maybe like think rationally for half a second. I feel like it sucks the reader in too to try to trick you into thinking it's the end of the world. And it like, if you're not really like thinking independently as you're reading and just reading along, you're kind of like, like if you took five seconds to stop, you would be like, well, there's an easy solution to that. Yeah. Sometimes your brain is just reading along and you're not like thinking about it. And when you do, you're like, well, that's dumb. Why didn't they just do this? <laughs> yeah, I feel like 
at least I am very much like I don't check out when I read like my brain usually stays engaged for the most part so I pick up on it and I'm like um I don't really think we need to like throw our stuff in the bed for two weeks because of this but okay (laughs) so yeah and the last one I have is when they're like preachingly judgmental oh just like they have this high standard and they judge everyone for not having it. It's usually unrealistic and unfounded as well. It's usually like really just not. All, like the thing I, I think about that too is like you would think honestly that a lot of that would come in the Christian fiction realm from like <laughs> they're judging them like from a biblical standpoint, but it's not. <laughs> it's no. usually not. It's usually just someone doesn't meet their expectation that they had in life and it it little to nothing has to do with biblical standards or anything so I'm like not that that would make it better but I feel like you would maybe understand a bit more like if they were trying to think that they were being I don't know spiritual but usually it's not even have anything to do with the bible yeah they have no it's just their thoughts and their like standards they have and they hold everyone to and it's just like no i don't like preachy characters no not at all they can take a hike i also on the flip side of that now that you say it i don't i don't like the people that are just doormats oh yeah no i can't wake up and like stop i i think that characters that can't think for themselves and are constantly just like affected by everyone's opinion of everything it's so frustrating because I feel like it's hard to connect with people who don't really have an identity yeah constantly bending to the whims of whoever they're around you just want them to grow a backbone and stand up for themselves make some sort of like have a thought in your own head that's not placed there by someone else yeah please we beg of you oh man i mean i feel like we had a decent amount of pet peeves and i'm sure there's more that we didn't think of. i'm sure there's more but i feel <laughs> but, like it would be too overwhelming to continue to list them maybe it was already overwhelming but hey and yeah it's just like there are exceptions every single one of these like i can think of exceptions to pretty much every single one of them like well when so-and-so did it in this book it wasn't like they did it correctly right but there's things that like generally bug me if a character's doing them and it's not done correctly yeah i feel like if we had all the time in the world i would give an example of someone who did it well and someone who did it not well and that would like support (laughs) what i support what i'm saying but we don't have all the time in the world so I guess if people have questions about um, maybe a specific book that we were channeling about a specific topic, you can (laughs) send us a message and we'll send it to you in the DMs maybe. (laughs) Because most of the time, this is, this is, I can think of, yeah, a lot of specific books that I'm like, this is why I didn't like that. Um, But also a lot of books that did these things well, because it can be done well even if it's a pet peeve. And those are the best books I find too, is when 
there's something yeah. that is a pet peeve of mine that an author handles well. And I'm able to look back at that and say, even though that's something that usually makes me not like a character or a situation, I didn't mind it in this book because they handled it this certain way. And those books usually become my favorites because yeah, I was gonna say like any book that can kind of change your mind or make you feel differently about something is one that you remember. And those usually end up being some of my favorite books. Yeah. I, like if I sit there and I'm reading a book and I like, or like writing the review and I'm like, wow, I usually hate this and they did it well, then like, yeah, it instantly goes up in my opinion. And I'm like, wow, that was that. Okay. Kudos to you. Yeah. Which just goes to show like the plots that have a little bit of twist that like don't take the expected route sometimes. Um, like I'm thinking of the Nicole Deese book where we thought, oh, she's, she's going to zig and she did it. She zagged. Um, and it was like multiple times too. Which was multiple epic. times. You're like, oh, this is going to be it. And it's like, no, well, they just had a conversation and things were fine. Um, wow. That was real life. <laughs> know oh yeah Yeah. I feel like those those end up being the better books it doesn't always have to be drama and tears and nonsense yeah big displays and all this stuff like sometimes it's just handling situations in a normal way can make all the difference in the world can pack more of a punch to like handle it like rational adults than yeah just create drama yeah I mean I guess we're here for less drama usually always maybe other people aren't but this is our podcast so <laughs> we say what we want <laughs> oh. well we had a lot of pet peeves i feel like they were good ones um yeah i mean i don't know if we can do like a favorite character I don't know what you call them. Not pet peeves, but it'd be fun to do a flip side episode of this. Yeah, things we love in traits, I guess, favorite character yeah, traits or characteristics or something. So maybe we'll maybe we'll do that next time and we'll be not just throwing, you know, <laughs> negative at you. <laughs> uh, it's always easier to think of a negative though. Right. It is. Sadly. yep well i guess if you've made it this far thanks for listening and maybe we will chat again about some more positive traits thank you for joining us today we hope you enjoyed this episode you can find us on instagram at basically bookish podcast hope you have a great day and we'll chat with you next time